0: What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions?
1: Money.
2: Look, man, all these jokers have got a lot of money, and it belongs to me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it.
0: I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it.
3: Money. Money. I'm gonna say money,
2: and I'm gonna say welcome to the Beasley Mitchell podcast, the We Are Money podcast. I am your host, Brad Beasley, and after a long and a long and needed hiatus, we decided to fire back up the podcast for episode 12. And uh, with me, as always, is David.
4: Hey, Brad. How are you doing?
2: Doing just fine. Doing just fine, Dave. You look like you've uh, wintered well.
4: Yes. Yes. It's when you sit in a chair for 12 hours a day; it it's easy to weather well. Weather well.
0: <laughs>
2: And always with us is Lauren.
0: Hello, good morning.
2: Good morning. How's everything going?
0: Oh, very well, thank you. I
4: noticed you didn't ask her if she weathered well, Brad. I mean, come what? on. <laughs> no.
0: He wants to live. He wants to live. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the wrath of the Grizz <laughs>
2: So, you know, it's always it's always great to have everybody back. And so a uh, reminder to everybody, obviously, follow us on uh, Facebook at Beasley Mitchell & Company on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter at, at Beasley Mitchell. And so we'll just jump right into our our podcast. We have a special guest in with us today, uh, Joe Villanueva. Joe is the owner and proprietor of Integra IT, and he's going to talk to us about some IT stuff. And Joe, welcome. And we have a question for every single one of our guests. David? What what would you say you do
3: here? What would I say I do here? (laughs) Well, um, I am an IT consultant I've been uh, in IT for the last five years or so, and it's taken a number of different turns and and partnerships, all with great people. Uh, my background originally is in project management and more of an operations setting, and recently it's been more kind of technology focused, where we're we're helping customers implement technology solutions for their enterprises hardware software both it's usually both and more there's usually a lot of human behavior elements to to change so yeah hopefully we can chat about it today
2: well and i know that a lot of the stuff is is cloud-based now and so there's you know software as a service and infrastructure as a service and all this other stuff how are you managing all the different technologies and all all those things as they come out
3: well there there's certainly more than i i know there's an explosion on the web of of SaaS products and services and and uh, and really just cloud-based disciplines, where you're seeing. It's nothing new, but the the speed of change, is just getting faster and faster. At the same time, there are things that don't change around, people and business processes and and just the. Kind of the more, um, how would I describe it? You know, the the irreplaceable things like integrity and and um, and communication. Right. And integrity is a big piece, and obviously, we talk about data security,
2: uh, the passwords and encryptions, and all the stuff we've got to do. You know, that that's got to be something that keeps you up at night. You know, as as trying to manage this change stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, recently we had a a pretty well known virus intrusion with, with the, the phishing campaigns that, mm-hmm. that, that happened around the world, it really, they, they target supply chains, and, and I know there's been several recent cases of, of ransomware at, at hospitals, and even members of my own family with, with their companies have mm-hmm. technically been held hostage until they, they pay up, so, you know, it's better than a human life, but it, it's pretty costly.
2: Right I know that uh, at our firm we have a company that does some social engineering uh, stuff for us. They actually draft fake emails, send it out to our staff just to see and make sure everybody's reading every single email. and I think David David got busted on this one by well, the way.
4: Well, when you send them out with food and you know offers a free food, that's, that's, that's <laughs> not fair. I mean if, if that's where we're going, then I think we just you know we just give in to the terrorists <laughs> I think they do. I mean, if they're going to speak to that, I, I can't a free chicken sandwich, come on. Well, of course, and so you clicked on
2: it, and <laughs> yeah. David was like, oh, busted. So, I mean, those kind of things, right? That's- yeah.
3: Right, and, and, you know, it's so, it's so intricate and high-tech that there, you really need a business partner that specializes in things like this, like cybersecurity, and, you know, most small businesses and, and even large enterprises, this is not their core competency, mm-hmm. and whether it's cybersecurity or IT in general, um, you're seeing a, a, a trend toward these, these you know, you, you've heard of Internet of Things and, and these, these kind of, you know, super niche partnerships that, that have evolved where you, you need specialists, you need a lot, you kind of vendor management of, of a number of specialists that, that are offering these support services to your enterprise is, I think, just only going to grow.
2: And I think a lot of our a lot of clients that we deal with they sometimes have a naivete to them where they say, "Oh, you know, I'm only this size or I only have one outward facing IP. Nobody's ever going to mess with me. I'm just trying to stay anonymous." That you can't do that nowadays,
3: right? Yeah, it's true. You know, these are often bots that they don't care how big you are, how small you are. They're looking for ways to get in. So, you know, I I think it's it's pretty relevant regardless of how large your company is so
4: where are these most of these attacks coming from i mean is it just like you said bots that are just random things out there are they coming from other countries is it the dude with cheetos on his chest at the computer in his mom's basement (laughs) yeah Yeah, well why 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 would you say that about me yeah (laughs) (laughs) would be be tostadas (laughs) Tostadas. instead instead of cheetos i guess
3: yeah unfortunately it's probably all the above it's Behind any bot, there's there's a very smart person that has intentionally crafted something to uh, intrude privacy and, and steal information. So, you know, the the advent of, of all things Internet has kind of given rise to these malicious, skilled, highly skilled individuals and, and groups.
2: So what is your process when you come in? So if you're going to come into to the business and you're going to you know, start with this partnership and start working through all the different IT functions, kind of where do you start and kind of give us your your process of your thought process when you're kind of starting up?
3: Sure. Great question. You know, it's a lot more than just cybersecurity. That's, that's only a small piece of what we do. You know, I always start with, you know, the best answers come from the best questions. And so what I like to do first is get into a client's shoes. So what we usually do or propose is that we spend a short amount of time on the front end of any project where we we do a current state analysis and present a diagnostic of here's what we see currently in your organization. You know, there's a lot of clients that come to us that they have an idea of something that they need, but it's, it might be 30, 40, 50 percent of they know what they know they need something to change they know they need something better but they can't define it they can't pinpoint the the problem so we go in first and and help them ask the right questions
2: nice
4: nice so when you're looking at these like let's like get an example so like say that i have a i'm i'm a fast food vendor say there and i'm i'm trying to grow from i've had a a, I have one shop right now and i 'm trying to go to maybe two or three shops and everything there um What are some of the challenges or or things like that that you that you see that them come in with
3: sure well i I would first affirm the goal like if you have a a solid business model and it is it 's ready to scale then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to stamp out a second or third store. I think that's exactly where the problem usually is is especially with small business owners, often it's the original founder. They, they, they have built a successful enterprise organization that's built around a, a single leader model where they're making the majority of the decisions. And so there's business processes and decision processes and, and even just cultural mindsets that, um, that really they can only go a certain distance. There's a ceiling on it. And when you start talking about scalability and exponential growth in the form of, you know, multiple locations and multiple managers and leaders, where you're really thinking systemically, that's where we often have a lot to say to, to the business owner, the business leader. It's really changing those, those, those guiding principles and beliefs and how they, how they want their organization to operate there's, there's an element of delegation that usually comes into play where, you know, how systematically, how do we set this up so that you don't have to make every decision that is related to finance or operations or, you know, your, your vendors. And so it's, it's usually a, a transition from a person-dependent framework to a, a more systems-based approach to doing business and certainly technology is a part of that but it's also just kind of cultural and and um and really these explicit conversations around what makes your business tick what's it going to take to make it tick at double the size
2: Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a great point because obviously I've been doing it wrong in consulting my clients because especially in the fast food area, I would have just started eating the food to start off with and said, I need to sample everything. Yes. That, that would be the first before we even I start. I think
0: that's appropriate.
2: Yeah. I like, think absolutely it's appropriate. Spread.
4: <laughs> first off, let's do an inventory. Mm-hmm. I want one of each.
2: Yes, please. And barbecue sauce. And barbecue
4: sauce. <laughs> As well. So do you see most of the changes in, um, in kind of the, the process and that coming from the, the leadership that you're, that you're dealing with? or is it is it the leadership trying to affect the change on the lower level or where do you see most of that 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 you have to well, the, relearn or something i guess then?
3: sure i mean leadership they have the most influence right but i think there's there's no excuse for for those inside the organization middle managers and and frontline employees you know to to have a say to to have insight that they can share i think any any leader, any healthy organization wants to create an environment where good ideas can come from any level in the organization. And so typically, you know, the, the people that hire us are the guys at the top. Uh, they've recognized they need help with just kind of change management uh, initiatives, kind of scoping out what are we trying to accomplish? And we need a roadmap to move forward in a significant way. We We typically don't, um you know we don't help so much with these incremental changes like like let's let's tweak this or this and and you can improve your margin by 1% it's it's more transformative helping helping business owners think differently about how to do
2: business so do you help them with uh, like data analysis or, or or putting procedures in place so that they can analyze data so I can use this, you know, I hate to use the, the word, but big data, you know, to try to drive, okay, I know exactly how much it costs to do, you know, to make some fries or how much it costs to you know, do a tax return or something like
3: that. Those types of things to let the business owner get information. Information is very important. You know, I think what you're seeing these days are our vendors, SaaS vendors uh, I'm I'm thinking of guys like Tableau and and Microsoft as a as an analytics platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of them that that help you interpret data. Data it's it's only useful when you can draw helpful, insightful conclusions from it. So, so because we have big data and our systems and and our our ability to measure is generating just monumental, you know, sets of data it becomes more critical to sift and aggregate that information into meaningful insights.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's what's interesting because even I remember talking with some people locally at the, at the city here where they said they, they've actually got to the point where they can predict their gross receipts revenue or the revenue they get off of sales tax uh, and gross receipts tax based on the amount of trash. So as they see the volume of trash pick up in the landfill— which is, will be more of a leading indicator as to what the the consumption is going on in in the city which would generate more sales tax revenue so like you said getting the right conclusion with the right data
3: that's right and you know you have these reactive solutions and you have these preventative solutions and more forward thinking so so that's what we're always looking to do is we want to work ourselves out of a job as as your consultant to really tee you up for success to run your business we're not trying to create dependencies where where you're you're needing us constantly to, to make the business process work one of the the you know we're we're, we're call I don't know we, we call ourselves IT consultants but one of the, the perceptions that we often need to evolve as we talk to a new client is we really look at at the entire business process your business model because any technology is only valuable if it's adding to the the outcomes to, to the the strategic goals that, that your company is trying to produce. So technology only plays a part. We we try to look at the entire model of what your how your business runs, people, processes and technology, the culture and, and really align those with your your best shot at reaching your goals.
2: Well, that's great because we see too many clients that set up these massive or all this great IT infrastructure or this great point of sale system. And then you say, well, what are you doing with the data? What are you doing with the information? Well, it's just a glorified cash register. So, well, then why did you do all this?
3: Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a very common problem that I've seen across a dozen industries where um, there will be a, a big expensive system that's purchased and implemented and then it's underutilized and it, it doesn't deliver. And people blame the technology where that's really not what the problem is. The problem is, is it never made it into the business process where it's, you, you, you know, when Cortez landed in Mexico, he, he burned the ships and said, guys, there's only one way. We're going forward. So I love this guy. That's my favorite quote. You know that
2: I use that all the time. I love it. That's why we're just we're just there. Therefore, he was there. More properly that, that, motivated. That's what
4: that smell and that burning in the back that you smell. Uh, okay. is. It's, it's, awesome. he's, he's already burned last year's tax returns, and he's moving on. <laughs> awesome.
2: Well, Joe, thank you so much for all your time. Give us give us more information about your company, how they can get a hold of you, and uh, the best way to, to get in touch with you.
3: Sure, Integra IT. It's a El Paso based consulting firm. And we're you can find us at integrait.io. I'm you can reach me at joe at integrait.io. And um, yeah, we'd love to help the companies in the region.
2: Great, sounds good, Joe. Well, thank you very much and uh, appreciate it once again. You're listening to the We Are Money podcast, brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. Moving on to our next segment, which happens to be my favorite segment, which is if Brad ruled the world.
4: Brad, will you know that that's that time? Get back to um, you know, your favorite thing of if you ruled the world right now. We have five questions. Um, anybody else can jump in, but we're asking Brad if he ruled the world, how he would answer answer these questions and affect society. Hopefully, in a positive manner for the world. Um, whatever not, best serves me. Whatever probably. best serves you is okay. Okay, at least we're on the same page and everything here. <laughs> All right. So, question number one is the U.S.'s concept of worldwide taxation fair? equitable or should it be changed?
2: Well, the U.S. is only one of three nations in the entire world that has a worldwide taxing system. Every other uh, taxing system is based on their their territorial taxing system, so you're only going to tax what is in the United States. Uh, The other two countries are these tiny like Malta and and some other ones that are another one that's very very tiny countries, and so I would go to a territorial tax system. I do not believe that the current worldwide tax system is fair.
4: So just wherever you, get the, wherever you get the money, you pay it to, to that place.
2: Absolutely. It creates a competitiveness around the entire world, and it, and it uh, allows uh, companies to not have to pay income on stuff that's generated outside of the United States, which is not fair.
4: What do you have against Malta?
2: Well, it's just it's kind of it, – I don't really like it in shakes and stuff like that. It's kind of it's, – Oh, it's, it's, those Malta oh, – mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Got it.
4: Okay. <laughs> okay. Question two. How should baseball handle pitchers intentionally hitting batters, or should they do anything?
2: Uh, I think that uh, it's, it's become a huge problem. Obviously, we've seen it most recently with uh, Bryce Harper going after the, uh, the, the pitcher there. It, it's been a problem for a, for a long time. I think that baseball players uh, in general need to get over themselves. I think that in general we, and I, I say that because obviously I played baseball at some high levels, but I, I think that we have this way that we think that baseball should be played. And it's this stoic way, and I hit a home run, and I'm really sad that I hit a home run, and I just kind of run around the bases, and I'm quiet, as opposed to being super, super happy. And then it upsets somebody, so I piss you off, David, and now you throw at me. And, you know, I, I think it becomes this huge, huge issue. And, you know, I think that you see it more in uh, the American League, where the people aren't—pitchers don't have to bat. Yeah, so they don't have to get hit. They don't have to get, <laughs> they don't have to get hit. And, I, and I, I think that it's really dangerous. I think they've got to solve that problem.
4: Yeah, so, I mean— I, I think that actually baseball should go the um, the other way. Of course, the Cardinals wouldn't go on to this because they usually don't hit that many home runs, especially when they're playing the Dodgers.
0: Don't start with me, David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: you know, maybe they should take it the way that the NFL's taken, taking loosen it up a little bit and allow people to have, like, sharpies at second base and sign balls as they're, they hit a home run and mm-hmm. things like that.
2: Well, I think specifically with hitting, I think that they might take in the hockey rule That, okay, Bryce Harper can chase after the pitcher— and until the two of them fall on the ground, nobody else can touch them. So then it's just like a brawl the two of them at the pitcher's mound, kinda of like hockey. And then they fight. And then once one falls down, okay, then everybody comes out and pulls it off and we just we just move on. This whole thing where everybody runs in and benches clear and we just kind of have this big scrum of everybody yelling at each other but not really doing anything. That's that's what I think should happen. I always feel hockey.
4: sorry. I always feel sorry for the bullpen because you know they get into the fight and the bullpen's like, Oh god, now we gotta run in from the outfield and get their gods. 400 feet. Damn.
2: Yeah, when I was in college, we had, a, we had a brawl, and I was the bullpen catcher my freshman year, and I remember having to run all the way in. By the time I got in for the brawl, I was. I was bent over. They said, oh, did you get hit? No, I'm just tired, I'm just man. Tired. <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I have catcher's gear on. I just ran 400 feet into the
3: thing. I mean, I, who am I going to fight besides my heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad, I, on, the, on the Bryce Harper incident, I saw a, a commentary about the catcher who just stayed put and watched. What was your opinion of that? Should well, he have done something? That
2: that That's always hard. I was actually always taught that if that happened, you actually went right after the guy, and you either tried to tackle him before he got to the pitcher, but it really depended on how much whether you liked the pitcher or not. I know for me, a couple of guys, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of jog after this guy, and he's just fast, and he got to before I could. Oh, I but, tripped.
4: Yeah, but then there's, <laughs> there, there, was,
2: there was another time we had where actually I, I ended up you know, tackling the guy before he got to the pitcher, but it was just, you know, you have to... <laughs> the catcher should defend it, but it kind of shows you the team mentality when certain people don't come to defend the pitcher, you kind of realize who that guy is.
4: Nice, nice. So question three, Brad, if you could add one feature to Facebook or Twitter, what would it be?
2: Delete. Like delete. a permanent delete? Like permanent delete. I, I'm not a big... I, as much as we use Facebook for advertising and, and, and those kind of things... You know, Facebook is just, there's so much noise. I wish there was like a noise filter that you can just kind of, you know, hey, this is this is just a crazy person ranting, and I don't really want to see this stuff. Let me have real informative information, you know, that that I can use. Twitter's not bad because you can just unfollow people, but it sounds so bad to unfriend somebody.
0: Yeah, very harsh. And I wish
2: they would change the name maybe from a friend to... Hey, some random person that I really don't like to talk to. Something like an acquaintance button. An acquaintance button. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not buddies with you. Just because we went to high school yeah. together doesn't mean I really want to hang out with you. And I really don't care what you had for lunch yesterday.
4: Yes. So but, like different filters on that. Like like you have like good friends, friends, acquaintances, some dude. And, 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 and a stalker button. So you can press button. the
2: stalker button so you can kind of see what they're doing. Oh, so oh. you can be the stalker. Oh. So you can be the yeah. stalker. That's creepy. That is creepy. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Okay. Okay. Question four, Brad. Think about this one. How should signs prohibiting seeing eye dogs from entering buildings be posted?
2: Man, I don't even know if I can answer that. That's kind of like Braille on drive up ATMs.
4: Yeah. I mean, who's driving up? Because it's it's on the driver's side and they're reaching in. Yeah, it's just my I mean, I want mine, them to get well, their money. I'm not trying to say that that people that have mm-hmm. eye problems and that and that shouldn't be able to get their money from an ATM just, just logically. How did doesn't they make sense. get I mean, are they in the backseat? Right. And I mean, how did they get that? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know.
2: Deep. Yeah, this is deep. This is too deep for me. Too Brad, deep. Brad can't rule the world. If Brad ruled the world, then there would be no
4: blindness. He would heal Aww. the blind. He would heal the blind. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then, but then I put all these dogs out of business. So oh well. Mm-hmm. I
4: know. Jeez. <laughs> Then our last question here, number five. Okay, so the government imposed a draft for the military, and we have a draft for professional sports. What other occupations do you think we should impose a draft on?
2: What other occupations should we impose? Or should, like,
4: all occupations. See, I always thought, you know, growing up, you know, I'm a music major, I always thought that the major symphony orchestra should have a draft. Mm -hmm. You know, like in the first round, the first trumpet player selected by, by the Chicago Symphony is, you know, and then have that, and then they hold up a little, like, a tuxedo shirt with their number on it, it says chicago and you yeah, go.
2: i think it's a great idea in, in a lot of different industries i mean i think that in the concept of free agency where i can be like yeah lauren we've just decided not to pick up your contract for the rest mm-hmm. of the year so you know you can do that or we're going to franchise tag you we're going to pay you this so you can't go to somewhere else yeah. you know i i think i'm all for open market and I, I like the draft i think you should i think i actually think the nfl shouldn't just draft every i think they should draft everybody every year I think it'd be great. You get to maybe keep five or six players, and then you just everybody goes back in the pool. So it's like wow. with the first pick, you know, I don't know who I'd pick, you know, not Colin Kaepernick,
4: not Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> but everybody who's a free agent, put them back in the pool, put them back you know, in like, the pool. Mm-hmm. So like you could still like get like um like Dick Butkus.
2: Well, because well, like because in quite honestly, I mean, who would you rather have? The guy that's got maybe two or three years experience is kind of that you know what he's doing versus this brand new guy out of college that you may or may not know what he's going to do. But then you have mm-hmm. to, it, there's a whole lot of intricacies. But yeah, I would, I would institute the draft for everything. It's a great idea.
4: Nice. All right, Brad. Well, thank you. Very good job on if on Brad ruled the world.
2: That sounds good. Now we move on to the other favorite one that David has, David's Legal Corner.
0: The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. David's Legal Corner is not a Miller-Boyett production and is not distributed by any distribution company. If anyone should choose to produce or distribute David's Legal Corner, such persons should do do so at their own risk, at their own peril, and at their own boredom. There is no purchase necessary and void where prohibited. By law, statute, rule, ordinance, custom, social contract, polite society— or really, really big, scary guy that tells you not to do that. I mean, is it really worth risking that just to try to distribute a small section of a pre-podcast to tens of peoples who may hear it, probably won't listen to it, and most of which are related to, friends with, or employed by someone on this podcast?
2: <laughs> Thank you, David, Lauren. David, what, what, what's a Miller Boyette production?
4: Miller Boyette, that's, that's the guys that produced like Family Ties and Full House, all those, you know, whatever happened to predictability? Da-do-da-do. And all those at the very end of Boyette production.
2: Okay, well then that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Lauren. David, you have a discussion about uh, Zillow. Yeah, I
4: was following this from the ABA, from the American Bar Association. It's not a drinking club, but it's you know with a bunch of attorneys and that kind of stuff. Should be. So yeah, that's the honky tonk bar association that you're talking about. I think Garth set that up. Yes. But um, what I was looking at is this, uh, this case that has come out of suburban Chicago where this home builder filed a class action suit against Zillow for saying that its estimates of home values were, one, incorrect, and two, they were illegal because under Illinois law, you actually have to have an appraiser's license to perform um, estimated values. Now, Zillow is saying, well... We're, these are everyone knows these are just our estimates, and also this is based upon a formula, so we're not actually doing an appraisal. But this is going to court, and so they're going to have to fight it, fight about that. And so I was going to just see what anybody's thoughts were on that, on how as we get, I mean, some of this, you know, Zillow. I'm assuming the way that they do their things is with big data and trying to figure out this is what, you know, this is the neighborhood you're in, this is the cost of this, and that's how they're doing it. But now this is getting into people saying that, well, you artificially lowered the value of my house because of how your data was improved. I mean, do we need to change the law? Is this how it should go? What's the thought?
0: I think it's fine the way Zillow does it. Zillow is in my opinion, when you're first kind of just starting out trying to get an idea of a house you may be interested in, um, how much it's maybe going to cost. Um, and you know, when you need to get deeper into those details, you're going to, you know, advise with a professional.
2: Well, what I found is that Zillow, uh, underestimates the value of my house, but overestimates the value of any other houses that I'm looking at. So, <laughs> okay. Common problem. Yes. Yeah, common problem. It always seems to happen. I think it's, I think it's a really challenge. I, I, I find it interesting that it's, that it's going to court because, um, it, it, it is a formula. It's a little, driven by a lot of a, a price per square foot and it does a, a multiple calculation based on lot size and relative area. And so, um, differing things, it, it, those actually may be more accurate, but it's causing a lot of issues where in lending, because people are looking at the, at the, the estimates right now, even there are apps now out there. And, um, you know, Joe, you might speak to that there's, there's apps out there now that will actually compare the list price to the Zillow price. And once it kind of, there's like this moving average, and once they kind of collide, people start jumping on stuff. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting.
3: Yeah. And the one thought I would have is, you know, I, I found the same thing as, gosh, these guys value my house like $10,000 below what I thought it was. And I think, you know, they're, they're looking at, at retrospective data. And if there is, you know, a fast moving uh, housing market in a certain region, that, that could be skewed where there, you know, a, a, a live person who's appraising the, the property might, might take that into consideration is, you know, I have 10 people you know, trying to get into this neighborhood here. So
2: when I, and I think it speaks a lot to the entire, the way our real estate industry and the, the lending industry has gone to where if I look at a house and maybe it has every single thing that I want and I am willing to pay $300,000 for that house because it has everything that I want. It's got all this different stuff. Maybe it's very unique for my family situation or for a different situation. And I'm willing to pay $300,000 for it. And if an appraiser comes in and says it's only worth $280,000, then I've got to bring the extra $20,000 to the table and then the additional monies to get the loan down to 80% to loan to value. So we, we've we gone away from this concept of, of, of a free market where it's willing buyer, willing seller, both under no duress type of thing. And so it 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 causes these issues. And I think that's where Zillow is 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 in some cases causing some problems with estimates.
4: Yeah. One thing I, what could this kind of pointed out to me and kind of things others is how the law is now having to affect with technology changes. You know, you have things like this, that this, this Zestimate, is that an appraisal or is that, is that an, does that fall under this section of the statute? I mean, the other thing that, um, that we've seen before is like with Uber is Uber, a taxi service. I mean, the taxis mm-hmm. are regulated out the wazoo for a, um, in, a, in cities, but yet Uber has no regulation whatsoever. And you have this on different things, the different technologies, and it's just the law can't can't keep up with all this. And so I mean I think it's only gonna get worse because what is it, technology doubles every, you know, exponentially or something, the new right, things are coming right. in. So. Yeah,
3: that's a great example with, with Uber. They're they, they they came from nowhere so fast that the, the laws just haven't had a chance to evolve. And they're they are evolving with Airbnb as well and and I I think it'll be a a constant churn of of you know the loss keeping up with with the appropriate level of regulation you need on, on these new technologies. I would say you know with Zillow with that case, if I could if I could guess on the outcome, I would say Zillow is going to win because um, because their their estimate or their estimate, it, it's not part of the due process of a transaction. It's an input, and so. You know the, the 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 official appraiser's estimate. I think is 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 gonna still bear more weight. Um,
1: yeah,
4: it's not like the yeah. bank's gonna say, "Well, your estimate came in this, so right. we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. gonna right. lower your <laughs> loan."
2: But I mean, may, who who knows? Maybe maybe <laughs> it is. I mean, if you're so now, then maybe if, we
4: just start a bank company that that's all they do, we save on appraiser fees.
2: Well, but look at the other way. Look at if I'm an appraiser right now. Maybe, maybe a business opportunity would be for me to go to Zillow and say, I tell you what, I will certify all your Zillow, all your estimates, And so you'll pay me a little bit from each one and I'll just kind of put a little asterisk certified by Brad Beasley appraiser um, for all those, I make mean, some type of, of, of workaround. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't
4: know. I don't know. That's trademarked, by the way. We've already done that. So yes, so I've already it. registered. It's uh, actually up FedEx right now. right now. It should be there in a few hours, about four hours uh-huh. up to Santa
2: Fe, and uh, we'll get that uh, taken care of. So don't steal my ideas, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we
4: might get a movie out of it or something, and then I guess who would portray us, you know, that would be... Who Who would know, portray us? You know, hopefully not Danny DeVito and... George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's a fantasy role. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I think it's you know, the there's another example called lending tree mm-hmm. where it's you know, this guy he, he built a service that compares the, the the rates that you can get these different level uh loans from and you can just kinda take your pick. So they, they, they're a service that really adds awareness and and and, and data to your, your decision making process and then you know, expedia is another example. They they just take a cut, um from from the, the airlines and, and the, the folks they contract with, in exchange for, really being that middleman that, that facilitator of of, um, uh, of kind of a, a survey, you, you get a survey of of everything that you're looking for. Here's here's a here's all the options that, that we found, and you can you can compare them, Mr. Buyer, or you know. Who. Mm-hmm. So so it's I, I think technology it, it enhances the a, a buyer seller Interaction, but until it gets into the, you know, where a decision can't be made without them, I, I think that guys like Zillow, they'll, they'll be fine. <laughs>
2: Even like you talk about lending tree, banks have gotten wise to lending tree. So what they'll do is they'll advertise a rate that's substantially less, but have a little asterisk in there that says you must have an eight seventy-nine credit score and you must make five million dollars a year in order to qualify for this rate. But it's in the little tiny print, and everybody goes, Oh, look, this bank's got rate low rates, but once you actually get in there, it's not so everybody it's this interesting. Mm -hmm. Like we Mm -hmm. said, the root of everything is money, right? Mm -hmm. And so people are (laughs) gonna try to make money on this deal and and, and all that. Great case, Dave.
4: Great. All right. Well, now we're going to take it over to another one and test some of these people's knowledge here with this.
1: And we'll dance all night. It's the best code ever. Some folks pay a lot. Others, they pay never. And if you don't
4: comply, you'll go to jail. However, why would you not buy? It's the best code ever. they be, like, oh, oh, oh. we'll be like, All right. So it's time for that the best code ever. And so what I have is I have two sets of question. Two sets of questions. Each one of these has four taxes. Three are true and one is fake. So you got to let me know which one you think is fake. Okay, are we fake. ready to go? Okay. Okay. So in the, this first set of questions. In Arkansas, cars sold to blind veterans are exempt from sales and use tax. Or number two, in Alabama, prescription drugs are tax exempt for humans but not for animals. Number three. Wyoming exempts cereal from tax, but not if it contains a free toy inside. Number four, Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania, clothing is tax-exempt except formal wear like capes and wing collars. Which one is fake? Gris. And I love it when our guests get that look on it going, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grizz, let's
0: start with you. I say the Pennsylvania clothing one is fake.
2: Okay. Okay. Sure. Joe?
3: I'm gonna vote for the the toy in the cereal box being tax exempt.
2: I'm gonna go for the Arkansas blind veteran
4: exemption, and the winner is Joe. That one's oh. actually fake. Um, actually, that is a Canadian tax where they they actually um they actually exempt it if there is a toy inside. Oh. But but the toy said they have certain conditions on what the toy can be and things like that. But they exempt it if there is a toy. Can the toy I mean,
2: be like an edible? Piece of cereal? Yeah. Piece of cereal.
4: <laughs> I don't know, but that's yeah. That's the so, good tax concepts, right? That's yeah. That. So, so it's just uh, there. I kept on thinking on number four with the Pennsylvania, that um, you know, I feel sorry for like the Phantom of the Opera. Per guy has to pay tax on all of stuff. sudden. his mask and his cape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just that, No wonder he hides in the dungeon and, and everything there. <laughs> everything. All right. So we're gonna go down to our uh, to our second set here. All right. So in Texas until two thousand and three. The purchase of five donuts or fewer were tax-exempt, but if you bought six or more, it was not tax-exempt. And the number two, in Kentucky, the state 6% stud fee... No, Brad, this is for horses, not...
2: You know. uh, That's get expensive. For
4: yes. <laughs> it is reduced, the, the 6% stud fee is reduced to 3% for horses that have not finished win, place, or show in any sanctioned race. Number three, in New Hampshire, moving more than a 1,000 cubic yards of dirt is taxed at $0. two cents per cubic yard. or number, number four, where Idaho taxes amusement devices by requiring a $42 decal on each machine that an owner has. Which one is fake?
0: Moving dirt in New Hampshire.
3: Uh, I'm going to guess the last one you said. I, I can't even repeat what you said, but something the about amu- that. The
4: amusement devices have a $42 decal on each machine? Yeah, that one sounds
3: fake.
2: I'm going to go with Texas because Texas doesn't really like to regulate much, so I'm going to go with number one as mean fake.
4: Okay, well, you're exactly right, Brad, on the point that the, that now they're all they're, they're separated out. Oh. but that one's true that oh. The actual the rule is in, in Kentucky they oh. <laughs> they have that six percent fee, no matter what on that wow. and it's a six percent stud fee that goes to a special fund that they have, because you know think of the Kentucky Derby and all that. they have the, right. that, that stud fee. Wow, so does,
2: does a stud fee reduce into 3% is, mm-hmm. is a lie. It's a lie. All right. Wow, just, well, that was, so you're getting technical on this. I
4: know, I'm having to do that with having all these digging through the codes and everything here,
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, that's great. Thanks, Dave, we always appreciate those. Those are always fun. Uh, moving on, we wanted to talk about one little piece of, of current events, and it's 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 near and dear to my heart, but yet it's it's bittersweet, so to speak, is the growing trend of, of taxing agencies taxing sodas and sweetened beverages dave you got to be upset about this right
4: i'm very upset about this although i've kind of switched to unsweet tea so it should be i should be okay on this but you know we actually had this in our backyard here in new mexico where the city of santa fe i believe it was Mm -hmm. um, had a huge election or a huge vote on whether to impose a soda tax
2: on them Soda tax, okay, and
4: and so the thing that I found most interesting about this is the point of their goal for doing this was to raise additional funds. That was that was the point of them imposing it, but both sides, you know, the left and the right, both fought this with enough money th- that sh- had they have just put that money into the city, it would have covered that for years <laughs> for what they had, what they would have raised.
2: Right, standard. <laughs> yes, that's, that's that, that that's a good move. You know, I mean, what do you think, Lauren?
0: I think it's kind of ridiculous, but that's just me coming from the standpoint of I don't really want to be kind of controlled, I guess, by the by the government or persuaded to stop drinking soda or stop doing this or that. I'll kind of make my own decisions there. And to me, it's like, where where is it going to end? Okay, so it's soda right now. And what all is included? What about those sports drinks that they sell? Those also have a ton of sugar in them, but they're marketed more as, you know, oh, you went for a run, you need to rehydrate with With everything else in here as well, and you know, there's so many other sugary items out there. Is my ice cream going to be taxed next? And all my candy that I'm buying, Mm -hmm. my funnel cakes. Like, let's not touch my funnel cakes. Well, as
2: long as and and if they were to start taxing like Red Bulls and stuff, I think the productivity in the office would just drop. Drop, Plummet. I mean, just plummet. (laughs) You know, so I think. But you hit it. I think you hit the nail right on the head there, Lauren. Is that at what point do we legislate and tax? Things that certain people do not enjoy or mm-hmm. like, because of the detriment. You go back and look at one of the most famous ones was was Ireland. Ireland, thirty years ago, outlawed smoking, because they said smoking's bad, it causes cancer. And now, now remember, Ireland has socialized healthcare. Okay, so everybody gets the same level of, of healthcare. So Ireland, thirty years ago, says, all right, no smoking, banned, nobody can smoke. Well, turns out when people stop smoking, they actually live longer. And so, so their health, their their health costs <laughs> no, no. actually went through the roof because they got rid of smoking, yeah. and surprisingly, they said, "Oh, you know, we can smoke again. We can totally do that." So you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a it's it's an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting concept. Uh, I think that it's like uh, you hit it right on the head, Lauren. Joe, thoughts?
3: Well, I mean, I don't know which country this came from, but I think it's like a, a Japanese proverb that you know, if if your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, whether you're the government or, or business or an individual citizen, you're going to use the, the levers at your disposal to try to fix a problem that you see. So, you know, government, they, they, they can tax things that, that they want to diminish. So, you know, we've recognized as a as a country, we have a sugar problem. We thought it was the war on fat. It's actually the war on sugar. And so I, I think the, the government's trying to, to tackle that problem. You know, Michelle Obama, she she went a different route. She's, she's trying to create a solution with healthier foods in the school so you can actually change the mindset of kids as they're growing up to value eating healthy. So, you know, different people, they'll, there's different tactics, but that's how I interpret it is, you know, that soda is kind of a, a low-hanging fruit in, in tackling this problem we have with sugar.
2: My belt's been fighting the war on fat for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and hold, Maybe we should have on. L- larger,
3: be- l- larger belts or something like that. Yeah,
2: you know what <laughs> I mean? Holding on. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fighting the front line. <laughs> Just digging the trench. <laughs> Here we go, boys. Holding on for another day. Hey, I got it in. I got the loop. Yes. I got the loop. good. <laughs> well, interesting. And we'd love to hear your comments. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we'd love to hear, uh, hear your thoughts on it. Once again, the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell & Company. Our last segment is something that we're going to do is, is try to get to know all of our guests. And, and you guys get to know us a little bit better with a uh, segment that David came up with, with of who are you.
4: Right, So Brad, take it away on this.
2: I appreciate you using the non-licensed version of the Who Are You by The Who so that we didn't have to pay royalties.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, we have to just make fun of it because then we fall into that fair use parody type thing and, mm-hmm. and satire and all that yes. stuff. So we didn't have to get that sound
2: cleared. So we're good. No, we're okay. OK. OK, so what we decided to do was we decided to ask everybody here, what Disney character are you? based on how you speak. And so we're going to go through the questions real quick. Now they are doing this live. And so we're going to run through all the questions. And so Joe, you know, I'd like you to answer these questions too. Uh, uh, sure. Lauren and David will just follow along. So have you ever had the sudden realization that you are using a compl- a word completely wrong?
3: Hmm. Yes.
2: Okay. All right. By the way, we're using MagiQuiz.com. It's kind of fun. If you're on Facebook and Twitter, you see those. Joe, have you, do you ever use words that other people don't understand or find too complicated? Yes. Okay. That's, I, I try I, not to. Yeah.
4: I try yeah, to be is. more eloquent about it for my... Yeah. For the
2: dissertation yeah. <laughs> of the randomness. Yes. What is your life motto?
3: My life motto? I think it's... Um, I think it would be to to serve others. A lot of stuff gets worked out if you just try to serve others. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay.
2: Uh, do you ever say things out of order?
3: Uh, could you clarify that? Well, like,
2: so do you try to keep your sentences as, pro- as, like I can't, I as, can't as proper as possible? Or do you kind simple. of do it sometimes just to be funny or are
3: you
4: like Yoda and always switch them around?
3: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Not usually. Okay. Okay. For interesting questions. Let's see. Yeah.
2: Do you sing in the shower?
3: Uh, sometimes.
2: Do you... All the time or... Just does is, is
4: it common or just... It's not common. Not common. Okay.
2: okay. We'll go with... Okay. Let's see. We're getting there. Uh, a friend of yours is having some trouble with a family member and you give them advice. How do they react? Do they usually like say... Shut up, Joe. Or, hey, thanks, Joe. Oh, <laughs> oh, gosh, that's oh. really sweet of you.
3: No, they're they're usually responsive.
2: Okay. Okay. Let's see. You're getting there. How do you get people to pay attention to what you're saying? I ask them for their attention. <laughs> Very straightforward. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yell. <laughs> I yell, stand on the table. That's what I do.
4: Get the bullhorn out. Okay. What is your favorite word
2: And here? There's a list of five you can pick from. Okay. Snarf blaster. Eloquent. A squash banana. It's not a word. It's like a sentence. Um, hiccups or luminous.
3: I got to say snarf blaster. Snarf blaster. I think that's from yeah. Little yeah, that's Mermaid. A yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I
2: didn't know what that was. There you go. How often do you tell jokes?
3: I tell jokes every day.
4: I tell them, but people don't always laugh.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. You have to teach some kids. How do you approach the task? Using a ruler.
3: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Stories, uh, jokes, play. Okay. There we go.
2: How often do people get confused by the way you change topics?
3: Not very often i usually the, the one pulling people back to topic. <laughs> I'm usually driving them away. Usually okay. I'm
4: already on like the third topic as they're still back on the first, and I've already explained the second and moving on. So. All
2: right, the last one. This is, again, multiple choice. What is your favorite topic out of these four? Five. Religion, literature, inventions, giving advice, or like to talk about current events and what's going on right now?
3: Hmm. I think it'd be a combination of what's going on right now and inventions. Those are pretty fun.
2: Okay. Sounds good. So let's see the results.
4: And the results are... All
2: right, David, what'd you
4: get? I was scuttle. Scuttle Who's Sc- scuttle? Scuttle is that bird from the little mermaid the one that just like makes up <laughs> hair <laughs> everywhere. he's like there and like he hands her like a fork and calls it something else. I forget what he calls the fork and and all that but that's what they got me was was scuttle. Scuttle.
0: I am Rafiki from the Lion King. <laughs> Rafiki Yes <laughs> is that is that the
2: monkey?
4: Yeah, with,
0: yes. the, with the monkey he's with the little wise. stick and
4: he's wise.
0: And- he's wise, but he's he can kind of be all over the place, which is a little bit like me. Yep. And I think the favorite part of my description on here is that uh, sometimes to get people's attention, I will steal their things and run away, give them a smack or dance around. And I was like, well, that's kind of accurate. <laughs> yeah, for your
2: office mates, that's probably 100% accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so surprisingly, Joe and I got the same one. No way. N- way. 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 No Way. Way. We're Belle. Oh, wow. You speak in a way that might not be totally familiar to the people around you because you are self-educated and well-read. Of course.
4: Well, I, I believe that about Joe, but maybe
2: <laughs> You use a wide-ranging vocabulary and references to literature.
4: Yes. Okay, if they consider, like, movies, literature, okay. <laughs> In addition, you
2: always speak kindly, no matter who you're speaking to, and try not to raise your voice. Yeah, this is not me. Oh, yeah. This, that, that's, I, I, I must have I, I the I can see tries. that
4: being Joe, but, but yeah.
2: Yeah, this is not... I, I, was, I was honestly hoping I'd be, like, Gaston, you know, or... Prince Charming. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> Something like do, that. Do you speak with a... <laughs> How do you solve problems with a lightsaber? Yeah, with a lightsaber. (laughs) Choke, force choke, force (laughs) choke. (laughs) Well, that's fun. That's fun. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's always fun. Joe, appreciate you uh, dealing with us for the for the last forty five minutes to an hour. It's always it's always entertaining. And once again, the We Are Money podcast brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Till next time.
1: It's not over yet.
2: It is for me, sister. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you,
4: Princess. I expect to be well-paid. I'm in it for the money.
1: Money. Money.
3: Money. Money. I'm gonna say money.